line of defense. All the better, said Michael, as if he knew me better than I did myself. His lips felt soft as rain. His deft fingers rolled my socks down, bringing goosebumps to my knees and tears to my eyes. He was, after all, a public servant, and I, when it came down to it, was hungry for affection, if not love. With his foot, Michael pushed the coffee table out of the way. Tell me you don't want me, he said, enfolding me in his big, strong arms. I don't, I whimpered into the hollow of his neck. Then he was kneeling in front of me, with his face in my crotch, blowing short, hot puffs through the silk of my underwear. My hands were on his shoulders, half pushing him away. One of his fingers inched its way past the elastic on my inner thigh, parting my resistance. His thumb pressed on the tiny, swollen line. Tears were pouring down my face as I hid my embarrassment. I hate you, I hate you, came my muffled cries. Michael pulled me from the couch as if I were a rag doll, all my resistance gone. In one quick motion, he peeled off my underpants and put them on the coffee table next to his revolver. Then he spread my legs and covered me with his body, still fully dressed, kissing my tears and whispering passionately in my ears. All the while, he pressed himself rhythmically into the gnawing ache of my groin. Soon, a wonderful warm wave began radiating through my whole body. An involuntary moan came from my throat as all the pent-up pressures and loneliness began to recede. My hands fell limp by my sides as Michael undressed me. It was as if I were hypnotized, his fingers tracing the curves of my body, his touch both electric and sensual my hips rolling in an unforgettable motion of their own, my breath coming hard and fast as he bent his head to my quivering thighs, licking, licking, with soft little animal sounds, bringing me to a peak of sensation. It was more than I could handle. My mind felt as if it were unhinging, reeling into a starless void. Please, Please. I was afraid and the pleasure had turned to pain. I struggled to free myself from his grip, suddenly sitting up, hands flying, not knowing what to cover first. Shh, said Michael,
another state. Bye. 
behind Just let them dance We're going to find romance in the dark Upon my lips, and he begs me to please keep the hill in the dark.
choices of his fate set themselves out upon a platform to choose. Country all covered with sleep where the black angel did weep. Not an old city street in the east.
rogue misery train of the sacrilege recluse for the loss of a hoss with the bows and the tail of a rat. Come again, choose to go. Comme un delta divin, notre main sur le sable. Anna de Noailles. Dorothy Wordsworth, dying, did not want to read. I am too busy with my own feelings, she said. And all women who have wanted to break out of the prison of consciousness, to sing or shout, are strange monsters who renounce the treasure of their silence for a curious, devouring pleasure. Dickinson, Rossetti, Sappho, they all know it. Something is lost, strained, unforgiven in the poet. She abdicates from life, or like George Sand, suffers from the mortality in an immortal hand, loves too much, spends a whole life to discover she was born a good grandmother, not a good lover. Too powerful for men, Madame de Stahl, too sensitive, Madame de Sévigné, who burdened where she meant to give, delicate as that burden was and so supremely lovely. It was too heavy for her daughter, much too heavy. Only when she built inward, in a fearful isolation, did anyone succeed or learn to fuse emotion with thought. Only when she renounced did Emily begin in the fierce, lonely light to learn to be. Only in the extremity of spirit and the flesh and in renouncing passion did Sappho come to bless. Only in the farewells or in old age does sanity shine through the crimson stains of their mortality. And something for you now. We haven't heard a girl sing it. And it 
Get ready for to watch a movie. On YouTube, full length.
W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike, what's up with my hair, Spiegelman, and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, girl. What's up with your hair, girl? my hair? I can't do anything about it. We are streaming right now on MutinyRadio.fm as we do every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time as part of a full afternoon of Sunday entertainment. We follow Found Round Sound with Scotto, and we're right before Ugly Sundays. Make an afternoon of it. If not, Carl, we have a podcast. It goes by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Go into your favorite podcast app and type in L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T and subscribe. Or just go to YouTube and type in L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and you can get our video podcast. You'll see us in person, and we sync up the movies that we watch. Because we are watching a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what is the movie today? Today we will watch... <clears throat> Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, 1927. That's a mouthful now. Sunrise, colon. Okay. A Song of the Word Two okay. Humans. And then the number, 1927. And the channel we like is AVIDS Network. A As in videos. A-V-I-D-S Network. Well, you only, you'll, you'll see a few choices. Anything looks like AVIDS, that's it. This sounds like word salad to me, but go ahead. We're looking for Avid Center's 
hosting the what? movie from 1927. Did I get the? Avid's Network. Avid's, Avid's Network is is hosting the movie. The movie, <clears throat> deep breath. Sunrise. Sunrise, a song of two humans. And speaking as fellow humans, that's a very normal human movie title. I don't know why people think I'm an alien, but I think that's very human. <laughs> that's it's awkward. Always... It's awkward. It's awkward. It's from 1927, a golden year as the public domain law makes movies from 1927 open to the public. Public domain is free. Hey, we could do shit all with this movie. It's now in the public discourse. Carl, you watched and researched this entire movie several times. I feel very sorry for you, but it's going to make it a very entertaining show as our audience scrambles to their YouTube to figure out how to get to, excuse me, Sunrise, a Sunrise, Song of Human Tunes, Avid Avid's Avid Network. And that is, go ahead, find all that jumble jumble, hit the link, hit pause, move it to zero zero. We're going to give you a breath. We have a special treat. Carl has found a celebrity comedian. Yeah. And the celebrity comedian is going to do a celebrity comedian countdown. Right to start our movie. Yes. We'll learn about this comedian. We're going to laugh with this comedian. And then we're going to press go when that comedian says, three, two, one, go. Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a celebrity comedian countdown, this time with PJ Morin. Welcome, PJ. Hello, hello. Hey, dude, Carl. One of the things I love about you on stage is you're always the best dressed man in the room. You are always wearing a tux when you get up there. Where is this coming from? I I just I like it. I I I, I liked it. I had the tux. Like I I own this. This isn't a rental. And mm -hmm. I was like, I want to do something with it. So when I started doing shows, I I have yet to do a show not in a tuxedo. Terrific. Every single every single show, it's a tuxedo. Five minutes, five minute little spot on a Tuesday night. Sure, tuxedo. 20-minute spot on a Saturday night? Also, yes. All the time. So people must make comments about it. What kind of... What, what do people have to say to you? Uh, what's it called? It's it's funny. I'll, it's usually at least once a show. Someone's like, oh, so it was like, this your thing? I'm like, yeah, it's my thing, I, I would say. That's just what I say. I'm like, yeah, this is just the thing I do. I like it. Yeah. Uh, actually, the, the story behind the tux is... So I was thrifting with... um with an old friend of mine a while ago and i just found it i wasn't looking for a tux it was like 36 mm -hmm. bucks for the jacket and pants and it's banana republic yeah i looked it up it was like like both pieces like off the rack were like 600 bucks yeah 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 but for 36 I found bucks, you. I, got, I, I got a full tuxedo it's terrific you went you weren't even oh, looking it found you well um, thank you carl one of the great things I love about you on stage is your impressions. You do presidents, and so uh, you do Ice-T, you do Trump. So were, before you became a comedian, were you doing these accents, and now you bring them to the stage? Or is it since you've been a comedian, you said, I, I should do impressions? Uh, so it is uh, the first one. So bef for years before I ever started actually doing comedy, I always did impressions. Because, like... I've always wanted to do comedy. Like I always loved, like growing up, I loved Jack Black. You yeah, know? yeah. Just, just his 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 energy, like Robin Williams. I loved their energy. And then I would see Robin Williams do impressions. I'm like, oh, that's funny. And I think the first impression I ever did, I was, or the first one that I remember, I always did accents. Like uh, I I've done an Australian accent for years. Yes. I I actually worked at a bakery for two Australian people, and so they <laughs> would 
So they, they were the sweetest old people. It was this, this guy named Rob and this lady named Lou. It was up in Stamford, Connecticut at Cobb's Bread. Uh-huh. And she was the sweetest. She she would correct my Australian. She'd be like, no, no, that sounds a little South African, sweetie. Say it like <laughs> this. So I've even gotten professional tips on my stuff. But yeah. uh, the first so impression I remember. Here. Yeah, no, she she helped me with it. It, it. it was good beforehand, but now it's like passable. Like I, I've gone up to people in public with the impression. And they're like, oh, like, I believe you. This is Australian. <laughs> But Australian people, they uh, they pick they pick it apart. They're because there's like five different kinds of like Australian accents. Yeah, that's subtle like that. I'm kind of a combo of all of them, and if you're not Australian, you don't recognize it. You're like, oh, that's Australian. That's just the one thing. But if right. you're Australian, like, no, no, you sound like you're from fucking Melbourne, dude. You don't sound like a regular <laughs> Australian. I'm like, oh, my bad, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the first impression I remember doing was. I think I was in I was a sophomore in high school and I said um uh you know you know the EA Sports logo? Yes, yes, EA I know the logo. EA Sports. It's in the game. And that was the first thing I did and people were like, "Whoa, man, that sounds just like it." And so I just kept doing more and more and more and more. I started doing SpongeBob people and then COVID hit and I was like what am I what else am I gonna, am I going to do with my time? So that's mm-hmm. where my Trump and my Obama really grew. Was COVID. Yep. Now, you recently had a string of guest spots at Scotty's. I think it was like three in a row. Talk yes. about that experience. What was it like uh, for you up there? They loved you each night. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, what's it called? For the first one I did, it was just it was a five-minute guest spot. Uh, I went through some of my cleaner material. And then this past week, I did so I, – I, excuse me. I, I, I went a little further. I was like – I'll test the waters with these. And it went over well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one thing that I did learn is I find that, you know, having to be clean, I can do it. And it was nice to be like, oh, wow, I can do a clean set. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For five minutes. You did eight <laughs> minutes uh, the other two nights. And I yes. just, I was, Gene was really impressed and I enjoyed it, you know. So, well, thank, thank you. you. I, I, I tried my darndest. Yeah. And you were great doing the announcements uh, when Gene was out. So that was that, that was fun. That was the first time I ever did announcements, and so, the people seemed to like it. They absolutely did. And uh, well, enough said. PJ, how can people find you out there on social media, on the internet, YouTube, whatever you've got cooking? Uh, Instagram and TikTok are both at the PJ Morin. Actually, it's just the way my name is on the screen, the PJ Morin. Gotcha. Uh, I believe my Twitter is the same on YouTube. It's just PJ Morin, and the profile picture is a picture of me doing this. <laughs> I've seen it. Just, just, just to help you for reference, if you're looking for the channel, I have like a few uh, sketch comedy videos up there. Like, um, uh, it, it's like the Eric Andre show if there was no production value to it. <laughs> kind of like, I guess, if I had to compare mm-hmm. it to something. Uh what else I got? Yeah, that's about it. I have a show coming up uh, this Friday, the 27th. It's called Serially Funny. Uh, my buddy Vin, he's producing it. Uh, Vin Baker. He, yeah, Vin Baker. Um, he's producing it. I think his Instagram is uh, Vin Baker Comedy. Uh, he's producing it. It's um, uh, All the proceeds are going towards uh, donating food uh, to the homeless, specifically uh-huh. cereal. Uh, they've already raised over like three thousand boxes of cereal, yeah, right. and that figure is as of like three weeks ago. So I assume they've gotten more. Yeah, but yeah. it's a it's it's a it's a noble charitable fun show to do. 
uh, I'm hosting. Chip Ambrosio is headlining. You yeah, know Chip. Sure. Uh, We've had him on. <laughs> it's it's going to be a fun time. So if you want to come, come on down to the show. That's what I got coming up. Okay, now, PJ Morin, everyone at home is poised to press play at the same time we do here in the studio. So everyone at home is going to kick it off with your countdown, PJ Morin. So why don't you go ahead, PJ Morin, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian. For that celebrity community countdown, I don't listen to them until the broadcast, and I look forward to it. Can you not hear me, Carl? I can't hear the music. Oh, I I have it at twenty three. Yeah, well, it is twenty twenty three. That is appropriate. No, I don't know no, the volume here at the studio. Oh, oh, oh! All right, here we go. This is original from an original theme scenario. Theme is it, are these screenwriting words? Yeah, it's a short story. It's a short story. And they called it a theme back in the day. You might remember um, in Christmas Story, this the, the teacher was like, I want you all to write a theme. And they groan. It means okay. short story. What does scenario by mean? Well, there was a short story called The Excursion to Tilsit. I don't know. I don't know. The excursion to Tilsit. And that is the premise behind, you know. 1920 the, copyright. No. no way anymore. No, ah, not copyright. Yeah, screw you, Fox screw you, copyright. Yeah. <laughs> Fox Film Corporation. Ass. Oh, I'm crying at the studio, Fox Film Corporation, because now it's a, I lost my movie. Everyone's seeing. It's the, the man. Do people have names? The manicure girl? Now, look, yep. it's important to hear the music. This was an important film for music. You see, this was the first film to have m movie tone. It's called Sound on Film. But this isn't the plunkety plunkety piano music. It's intentional score to go exactly along with the movie, including sound effects. Um... Uh, this is a song of the man of his wife is no place in every place. You might hear it everywhere. I'm done, Carl. I'm out of here. No, no, no. This is worth it. This feels good. You, sir, has offended me. Okay, comma. What's the rest of this? For wherever the sun rises and sets in the city's turmoil or under the open sea of the farm, life is very much the same. Sometimes bitter. Sometimes, sometimes sweet. Look, look, uh, hang with it. It will, it will, it will be good. No, I mean, I mean, Are we give, done it with this? give it a chance. Don't be done with this film. Oh, look now, at this. Look, yeah. Now, that watch is cool. Turn into real life. Check it out. <gasps> wow. That six-year-old drawing turned into yeah. real life. No, this film is a big deal and very famous, and it has many innovations. Believe it or not, that was one of the first times that something like that was ever done. Now you hear the chit 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 of the train? Yeah, I do. I'm scared. Piano. I'm lowering the volume in the studio just so I can hear you, girl. But I'm I'm happy to to raise it fully. In the studio apartment. Uh oh, those trains are going to hit each other. Now what they did there was they would film, but Sexy cover ladies. one side of the film over, and then they would. Put the film back in, rewind it all the way, and cover the other side. So they would have two images, 
literally on the film. It wasn't like done in post, done in editing. And there was a Siamese twin, not, not Siamese, identical evil twin, excuse me, with a goatee on the other side. Saying, yes. no, I'm yes. you. Mm. Remember those movies? No. What? Where, they, where someone would meet their identical evil twin brother and oh. they would do it by having like a line in the middle of the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yes, I do know what you're talking about. Yes. Now, here we have a nice village. Right. Um, Here's Papa okay. Smurf. Now, in real life, this was out in California. Um, and they spent a lot of money. It was Lake Arrowhead, California, and they spent a lot of money to make the set, to make a little fake village. That's cool. So beforehand, they really wouldn't do that. Okay, here we go. Among the vacationists was a woman, woman of the from city. the city. She's a big deal now. Several weeks have passed since, oh, now, now they speed up the placard. Well, what it's saying is she's been there a little too long. Something must be keeping her here because her vacation should have been over about a week ago. Oh, she fell in love? She's preggies. She fell in sex. She fell in sex. Yes, and she's going to try to lure her sex captor to the city. Good idea. Bring Not with to be you. a farm boy anymore. She's bringing back the towels and the sex boy from the hotel. <laughs> Damn. Her name in real life is Margaret Liv Livingston. And um, Livingstone, Margaret Livingstone. Ah, uh, that's an that's an oxymoron. Okay, no, no, I'm sorry. It's Margaret Livingston, sometimes credited as Marjorie Livingstone. Interesting. I don't know. I like how that table is slanted so the old lady can drink her soup in peace. <laughs> they don't like her. She's like a pushy, bossy lady. Shine shiner shoes. Yeah. What ridiculous! She made over fifty silent films, and uh, I don't know. She was one of the few people who made a successful transition to sound, and she was with um, a film called Smart Money was a big deal. Edward Ro G. Robinson, James Cagney. She used to uh, dub women's voices, uh, starlets' voices. She had a good career. Let me ask you a question about this film. I had seen it years ago. There's The music is synced up with the movie, but there's no talking in this film? Right. There is no talking because they couldn't really pull that off. However, a month later, the jazz singer would pull it off. Which is also in the public domain, a 1927 movie. Yeah, I just wish it was on YouTube. That would be great. Yeah. Although, I don't know, my Jewish side hates that movie. Okay. Your Jewish side, tell me. Yeah. I don't know anything except blackface. Well, so he is a uh, son of a rabbi. You've seen The Simpsons, it's the same storyline. You know how Krusty the Clown has a rabbi father? And I, he wanted... I know you know every Simpsons episode. I'm right. way behind you. Okay, so Jackie Mason played his father, who's uh, Herschel Krasowski, rabbi, okay. and he wants his son to, to be a rabbi. And he doesn't. He wants to entertain. He wants to be a clown. That's the theme of that. Oh, the yes. I, actually, I guess I did know that. So the jazz singer is that he's a cantor. He's the son of a rabbi, and he should be singing. He has a beautiful voice, but right. he should be singing, you know, going to services and singing at the synagogue. He would rather take a go at entertainment, which at the time was putting on blackface. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I saw the jazz singer with Neil Diamond from 1979. I think it, they cleaned it up a bit, as it were. He's very Jewish, the jazz singer. 
Yeah, oh yeah, hella Jewish. Okay, now, the woman gets all, the woman from the city gets all dressed up and starts taking an innocent stroll until she comes to outside one of these nice cottages and she starts whistling. And that whistle is a signal to the sex guy, sex guy inside. He's hearing it. He hears oh, the whistle. He hears the whistle. Now, wife has prepared nice dinner. It's time to sit down with nice family. Baby oh, he has wife? Oh, he yes. has wife and now mistress? Well, yes, he now has a mistress. Oh, now look. She sees the shadow and, she, yeah. and he goes, over there. And she goes, okay. Yeah. That's, look at her butt shake as she's whoop, whoop, whoop. I am looking, Carl. Thanks for pointing that out. I am <laughs> going to get some. She is really well dressed uh, for yeah. the style of, you know, the 20s. and, and For, for four, people, four people in that farm and one of them had a shiner shoes. <laughs> it was part of her like staying there like they feed her they it wasn't out of the ordinary back then like to do little chores for your guests you know okay that's a very uh weird chore <laughs> why you can leave your shoes outside the door that's what they do at the marriott now look she comes out gee whiz lost my husband gee whiz gee whiz i made him soup Got he's, bread here? He's banging that city girl. Oh, we'd never say banging in 1927. They uh, are Knowing each other. They are Dagwood and blonding each other. What do you think of her hair? Much better hair day than, than mine. <laughs> no, the big, that, this woman, her name's Janet Gaynor, and she was famous, and... She was wearing a wig to try to make her look less sexy because she has this great black flowing hair. And it was a kind of, I wouldn't say controversy, uh, but people didn't like it. They wanted to see Jane. Yeah, they Janet. wanted to see the same. I paid good money to watch uh, State of the Art. So where's the pretty woman? Okay, now here is a memory of when things were good. Now look, the baby you'll find out is pretty much looks the same age. So to me, I thought to myself, yeah, this it looks like they Tuesday. were happy like yesterday. Yeah, last Wednesday. Come on, oxen. They used to be like children, carefree, always happy and laughing. Yeah, you just told me that, old lady. <laughs> now he ruins himself for that woman from the city. Monday Leonard stripped the farm. Uh -oh. Yeah, things are going downhill over in uh, nice village land. Nice village land. You got these city women coming up, taking her husbands. Look, uh -huh. he's selling the oxen for dirt cheap. Yeah, okay. I'll give you a nickel. Listen, Ollie, I'll give it to you free. Really? Yes, Ollie, Ollie. Oxen, oxen free. free. <laughs> <laughs> you right, just now. said that. You just said that. Oh, no, and the wife sits alone. It's... Yeah. Yeah, she keeps repeating herself. Yeah. Now, this director, his name was F.W. Murnau. Yes. He was in Germany. He was an expressionist. He hated the title cards. So I guess they must have shot this in sequence. I'm not really sure. But by the end of the film, there's like no title cards anymore. Maybe he edited it that way. He's like, fuck this shit. What's to hate, though? Here's Baby again. And this baby in real life was a guy named Jerry Craycroft. We know hardly anything about. He's eight months year, eight months old here. Wow. He, they found his social security death index. He died. He was born in twenty six, which makes sense. Right, makes sense. And he died in February twenty seven of two thousand. So 
That baby wow. came and went. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now we're going out to the sexiest location for a sex tryst. The middle of the swamp. Doing it fog style. Foggy style. Foggy mm -hmm. style. <laughs> now this passed the National Board of Review, which means we're not going to get sex. We're going to get kisses and hugs. I never understood the whole pre-code Hayes office, but at a certain point, movies became less sexy. Yeah, you see, the 20s was an era, era of, you know how it goes like liberal, conservative, liberal, it always flips. Yeah. In the 20s, they were very loose about sex, drugs was everywhere, you know, pot, cocaine, heroin, and, um, you know... You would have multiple sexual partners, these flapper girls. That all changed as we headed into the 40s and 50s and turned back into conservatives. This was a time of ruffian sexian. I have a question for you, Carl. I know that in 1927, the, the uh, first Academy Award went to a movie called Wings. Exactly, yeah. Which was a world best show. Yeah, it was is in the public domain now. It's a World War I movie. Does World War I play a factor in this film? No, it does not. Now, our hero was in World War I and World War II. He was a big deal in the military. He was even recommended for Admiral, like some obnoxious wow. amount of times. Yeah. Okay, now, look, here we have the cheating. Yes. So we see wife and fidelity with baby, and then we see infidelity with mistress. Tell me, are you all mine? And he's like, well, well I'm fucking yeah. married. Do you mean like literally a mine or like the word? Well, oh, never mind. I'm overthinking. I wonder, you know how we see these kisses in the 20s films? I wonder yeah. off screen in real life, are they really doing that stupid kissing too? You know what I mean? Like, like they violently jerk forward and push against each other. She's, she's kissed his Adam's apple like twice. <laughs> Where's And my wife. She goes, listen to what she says now. This is the woman from the city, and this is very film noir. Oh, you got to kill your wife and to collect the money? Couldn't she, she get drowned? Drowned. Now, he doesn't like that. He does not like... Oh, look, look. Ooh, See, look at that. I'm serious now. This film did a lot of cinematic innovations. Yeah. It was considered one of the look, best... Look, we get to visualize it. This is pretty cool. Me! <laughs> Overturn the boat, that's all. Does it look like an accident? Come over, have sex with him in the city. Look, he's choking no. her. Now. Wow, she's like bananas, safe word. <laughs> right. I just read this great tweet. Um, oh, yeah? My safe, yeah. My safe word is meatloaf. Because I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. It's a really great tweet. I wish I had thought that up. Albert Einstein wrote it. Leaving this all behind. Come to the city. How about we just come in this marsh? Come, come to, the to the city. Oh, look. There's the city right behind. This is cool. Now, listen. I'm serious. People watching this film in the theaters were blown away by the beautiful expressionist. Now, all this they made, it cost 200 grand, which wow. was a lot back then. Yeah. In 1927 money, that was like $200,000. And they spent all that money on making these fake sets. Oh. They're doing it again. You see the yeah. superimposition? 
you could see the guy's hand on the right side kind of covering it's, well, it's cool they would take a they would they would go to the camera block out half of the film shoot rewind it block out the second half of the film and shoot over the same footage again and the result would be both images on screen it this is now watch this is out this is how much fun you'll have look yeah we got big bands playing looks like idiocy stop shaking it there you go put your (laughs) hand right there wow could be still your money maker be still (laughs) thy money maker Anything? There's no, um, there's like no twenty-eight day cycle of the moon. It's always full in this movie. Always. The director I know from Nostradamus, right? The, yeah, the... I was gonna. We Nosferatu, which we Nos... saw in this film. Uh, so we saw in this podcast. One. Did when you I... see that one? I don't recall, Carl. Yeah, Nosferatu. Yeah. That was a All great right. episode. All right. It was very creepy that film. They really cast the right Dracula dude because he, yeah, looked he looked totally like he didn't look emaciated or something. But okay, oh, that so... that Dracula dude shows up in Rob Zombie's The Monsters. They have a character dressed just like him. Uh huh. Well, that makes homage. sense. Homage. Yeah. Now, green grow the rushes grow, which yes. you can never even say. It can't even come out of your mouth. Your green grow the rushes grow green by snow. REM. Not by REM. <laughs> Anyway, those rushes, she's saying, will act like a life preserver. So he packs them up into a sort of bundle, right? And then when he capsizes the boat, he'll use that to float and he can, you know, be safe. He can, so they will get used, but not for the evil purpose we're thinking of. Okay, cool. Because this man loves his wife, right? He's not really going to go with it through this. Yes, he loves his wife. He's just bored with his wife. And somebody, you know, like a woman comes along with sex, sex, sex. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember sex. I remember that. Right, sure. So he wants to go for the sex. But he has baby and child. Now, when she says kill your wife, he's like, no, no, no. And then she's like, but don't forget my vagina. And he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. I guess I'll have to do it. Let me hug it again. Uh, yeah, let me kiss. Violently throw my face at your bag. Yeah. We saw that, right? Okay. <laughs> yes, we did. Okay, does this does this guy have, does this animal have a speaking part, Carl? No, this animal was horse that day. So he didn't get to have this. It wasn't because it was a, a, a it wasn't a talking. Yeah. He was a, a big horse. He's hidden the rushes. Now, look, you see, they have the two kid. separate beds. Right. Why? Yeah, they're poor. Can't they just get one, sell one? Now, look, in the 50s, when you saw Fred and Ethel, no, when you saw I Love Lucy, they had yeah. their two separate beds. But that was because TV came around at the time of this conservative. You never group. saw Fred and Ricky in the same bed. They always slept in separate beds. <laughs> in the same bed. Ethel and, and uh, Lucy. Yeah. Well, you know, they were not allowed to say the word pregnancy. Yeah. She was pregnant with little Ricky. It was the biggest episode in television history at the yes, time. Yes, yes. You know, and uh, cover a TV guide, but they weren't allowed to say the word pregnancy. 
What I'm saying is this is a much more liberal time of open sex, drugs, and jazz. It wasn't rock and roll. It was jazz. And jazz was a corrupting factor. So why would they be in two separate beds in this? I mean, the national film. I mean, she's sexing the lady in the swamp. She He can't kiss his wife. I don't know. Right. That's true. Like if he misses the passion, he could. So he's sitting there and he's thinking, am I really going to do this? And he's going over the scenario. We'll be in the boat. I will choke her and make her drown. And I'm really going to do this. I always mix this movie up with another movie called Sunrise from, uh, uh, I think Dev Patel's in it. It's Danny Boyle, the director Danny Boyle, right? Uh, Train yeah. Spotting. He made a science fiction movie about astronauts flying to the sun, and it's a three hour movie. Oh, wait. I, th I think uh, that's a song of two melters, meltings. No, wait. Yes. A, it's a song of two. It's a ship of. Okay. Right, but this movie has a full title and the other movie is just Sunrise. Now look. Oh, creepy. He knows he went out with her wig and everything. She knows he went out and, uh, you know, had a little swamp swamp sex. Yeah. But she swamp still thing. loves him. Swamp thing. <laughs> She's got that swamp thing in his hand. So this director was, this is his first American his film debut. Now, even though this film was highly, highly praised, it didn't do well at the box office. So for this next couple films, they sort of reined him in creatively. Like uh, something that's going to sell. But he did Nosferatu in 1922. Uh, he did The Last Laugh in 24, which I don't know. I heard that's a good movie, girl. Right. That's why they're highlighting it. He's heavily influenced by uh, Schopenhauer, Nietzsche, Shakespeare, and Isbin plays. Whatever. He's a very good doctor, uh, a friend of director Max Reinhardt. Now, he, does, he died from injuries he sustained during an automobile accident. And the same thing is true for Janet Gaynor. She had a car accident and it led to her death, too. That's too bad. Yeah. But not our hero. He was tickled to death. I got to give a thumbs up to Avid's uh, network for a great print. I saw this movie years ago and I could barely see it. Yeah, there was a fire. There was, uh, was a famous fire in 1937 called the Fox Vault Fire. It was in uh -huh. Little Ferry, New Jersey. Really? They would get all... Well, you know, before California, Jersey was the place to make it. was the place, yeah. It was a sort of leftover from that time, which was only about 10 years earlier. But the thing is, the film... Like, the film would decay, and gas... You know, gas would come out of the decaying films, and there were high temperatures and inadequate ve ventilation, and there was spontaneous combustion. That's this nuts. film went up in flames with uh, so many treasures. 20th century Sun. Fox, yeah. Sunburnt. Well, I guess like Men Menlo Park was a big uh, yes, film well, shot, shot. That was when films were just born. Yeah. Well, because it's Edison. Edison, you know. Um, I saw an Abbott and Costello meets the Keystone Cops. They get tricked into buying a studio in New Jersey, uh, <laughs> which is really? worthless. Yeah. That's funny. And they wind up going to New York. Uh, this is during the, the early, you know, early part of the century. So it's a period piece. They go to Hollywood and they meet uh, Mac Bennett and the Keystone Cops. And I, I think that was a jump the shark kind of one. 
Now look it at was this. like it was the third to last movie they did, so at that point. Now he's like, Would you please come on a sort of date with me? We'll go out on the boat, and she's all happy, like maybe I'm getting my husband back. Oh right. It's for I, would terrible you like to reasons. Join me on the sex boat. <laughs> Love boat. There he is, his first acting career, little J Jerry Craycroft. Uh, it's gonna sue. We're going for a trip across the water. I may not be back. There for was an a, article a in uh, a paper called the Decanter Review, dated December 26, 1926, that reported. Eight-month-old Jerry Craycroft is making a name for himself in the movies. He will be seen in Fox Picture Sunrise with Janet Gaynor and George O'Brien. So, George O'Brien is the military hero. Right. He is. I don't know that he was officially a hero, but he was a big deal in the military. That's for sure. Wow. Uh, okay. So... In 1917, O'Brien enlisted in the U.S. Navy to fight World War I, serving as a submarine chaser. He volunteered to act as a stretcher bearer for wounded Marines. He was decorated for bravery. Yeah, he's a brave guy. Um, after the war, he became a light heavyweight boxing champion of the Pacific Fleet because he was still in the Army. Okay, then he was in movies. He went in 1920, he went to Hollywood, but he wanted to be a cameraman. And he, he got jobs doing camera work for... I don't know. Tom Mix and Buck Jones. We're supposed to know those names. I know Tom and, Mix. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's a fictitious Western hero at a serial. Oh. You, Bruce, Bruce Willis played him as a real-life character in the Blake Edwards movie Sunset. With, oh, uh, Dave interesting. Barnard. I don't yeah. want to get in the mix with him. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there like a, a... No, I'm thinking of Tom Swifties. During this time, there was a word pun where... Tom Swifty would say something, and then he would say it in a certain way, like an adjective that would be a play on it. So uh -huh. he will say, "I have regrets." Tom Swifty said, "Regrettedly, you know that type of thing." <laughs> I get you. Uh, yeah. Give me that knife," said sharply. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Now, getting on the boat, but for some reason, the dog who's a German Shepherd. Thank you, director. The dog <laughs> knows something's up. I don't know how the dog would know. And she's like, he's like saying to the wife, you're not safe. Don't go ruff, out ruff. there on the boat. What, what's that German lassie? Ruff, ruff. <laughs> German Timmy found, fell down a well. Ruff. Okay, his name is Timmy. I'm sorry, but he is German. So World War II came around and, you know, O'Brien, George O'Brien, you know, he was a big famous star, but he was like, fuck that. My country fuck needs me. Country needs he went it, Yeah. He was decorated several times in the Pacific. He left with the rank of commander. Now, years later, he joined the U.S. Navy Reserve, retired with the rank of captain in 1962. Four times been recommended for the rank of admiral. Pretty admirable. He <laughs> said <nice>. admirably. <laughs> <laughs> well, Swift, you said Tom that Swifty very swiftly. Oh, I'm talking about myself, Tom Swifty said swiftly. One thing interesting, um, his last leading role was 1951 movie called Gold Raiders. It was with oh. the Three Stooges. God bless. He did action sequences, and the Three Stooges, of course, did. Okay, so the dog hops in, like, please don't get killed on a boat. He was Who's leased to the tree. He had a doghouse he was leased to, and he's like, ruh-roh. <laughs> he moved the lease, got into the water. 
But the man, George O'Brien, will have none of it. I'm killing this woman, and I can't have a dog getting in my way. Is he going to kill the dog? Wait, no. hang on. Let me, don't answer it. I'm going online. <laughs> Does, Does the, the dog, dog die? die? I wonder if it would have this. Dear Lord, like, who's that sensitive? <laughs> I take that back. There's a lot of movies from the 20s where they just beat the shit out of animals. We, I, I love Rin Tin Tin. Yeah. The action sequence is him fighting a man, which means a man is punching a dog for your viewing. Yeah, for real, yes. Yeah. Now, look, look at her. She Something's wrong, and she's starting to feel it. Yeah. Why is he going and getting the dog and bringing it back? She's about to get out of the boat, but then she says, no, he loves me. He just wants to have a boat ride. Look at that hat. I loved her in Mars Attack. <laughs> Very good. She's the brains of the family. <laughs> she shows them off. Gorgeous well, eyes, right? Like beautiful, beautiful shot. She's, well, that's she's doing... what the director was trying to do. The director was trying to take away her sexiness and and give us her niceness. Like, yeah, you love her for her, not for her booty. Because we're supposed to love the woman from the city for her booty. Now you hear the bell. This is an yeah. sound effect from the movie well, tone. Normally, if a movie, silent movie is in the public domain, I don't like playing the music because it's usually a modern version. It's not technically part of it. But this is the original music. This is the original music, and it's not that plunkety plunkety piano. Not that plunkety. Where <laughs> you got the bells going? It, he is pretty innovative. I mean, the only time I like that plunkety piano is when I know the song, like. Remember the little rascals you get used to Yeah, then I would want to hear the... No, the worst is when they overcry. <laughs> like, we saw that in the Buster Keenan movie where they were simulating scenes from silent movies. Right. Where musical cues. So if he's tired, it goes, go to sleep. Right. You know, he wakes up to Reveille. Uh, he gets an erection and, you know, some other music played. da 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 Starred, you know, whatever. Like, yes, everything is synced to a musical cue. There's no bananas in the house. Oh, yes, there is a banana. <laughs> Everyone's watching the film; they can't see. I just yanked out a banana. That's right. Uh, and I don't mean out of my pants. I meant a snack for uh, the show. Do you know who the first? You know why Eve was the first carpenter, Carl? Eve. Yeah. No, no. What? She made Adam's banana stand. <laughs> I learned that at church. Look, look, he's 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 rowing all depressed and overacting that he has guilt about what lunch. he's about to do. <clears throat> he's he prepping looks... himself up for the murder, and she knows it. She knows it. Yeah. She knows it. She's nowhere to go. Carl, is this what you look like as a teenager, surly, bent over like that? <laughs> no, I was a little round boy. Oh. <laughs> I did not look like this. This was me. Like, they would say, Mike, you okay? You look like you want to murder somebody. Yeah, yeah. I remember that from uh, the drug juice on uh, Fish Burgers. You had a look in your eye like you wanted to kill me. And you did. We I saw was it in the shadow, of the choking. Carl, to be fair, I drank the. I had the drug juice. And yeah, I drank I, the drug juice. I knew Carl had the drug juice. And I knew I Carl had the drug juice. Yeah. Now look this at is... this. I don't know. Like today, we think this was horrible. If you saw a film like this today, you'd be like, "There's horrible acting." But back then, it was still like 
a stage play, but on screen. Now she's like, please don't fucking kill me. I'm wearing a wig here. Yeah. The wig will get all watery, waterlogged. Looks like someone cut his tie. Well, you have to do that when you work in the farm because your tie will get stuck in the thresher. Yeah, when you're on the farm, you got to have a short tie or it'll get stuck in the corn. Hornfly. I saw another movie where a guy has snipped his tie, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, he's working in an industrial something. It makes sense. Like, he didn't want it in the food or whatever. Yeah, well, how about not wearing a tie? But okay. Now, look yeah. at that boat's kicking ass. He's like, I'm not doing it. I changed my mind. Let's go home. And she I is can't really- sit fast. Row, row, row your boat. Your turn. I can't. I can't catch up. Slow down. Uh, merrily, merrily, merrily. Gently down the stream. Not like a bat out of hell. <laughs> right, deadly, deadly. Now watch him navigate, right? Yeah, only he's the left, left or he's going straight. Now he'll do only the right, and he navigates himself perfectly. It's a man who knows how to sail. That's this movie's right so way. oaring. Oaring. <laughs> this movie's so oaring. <laughs> oh. oh, phew. Lasso that Let tree. me help you out. And she's like, fuck you. Fuck you. You tried to kill me in the Yeah, world. you tried to kill me. I don't want to die. <laughs> I'll hide behind this tree. And he's right behind like, Menlo Park. Don't be scared of me. I changed my mind. I said I was gonna kill you, but I just I'm not doing it anymore. I always complain silent movies are always shot in the forest. Now why if he hates the movie's titles, why put in Don't Be Afraid of Me? Clearly that's what he's saying. He probably I don't know, I never was there title oh, cards. Look movie. at all those fall colors. Yeah, it must be fall. Oh, God, can you imagine? Now, oh. what's this? It is a train to the city. So Perfect she hops timing. on to escape, but the train's not like, oh, we got to hurry up. A murderer's coming. No, he's just casual. So he it's... gets to hop on board, and now she's stuck. This is awkward. No money is exchanged with the uh, driver, by the way. This is a cool trolley, man. I didn't realize they had something like this. Yeah, like I said, this is um, uh, wh- what did I say? It's um, darn it, darn it! I just said what did I said. Here it is. It is Lake Arrowhead, California, and they right. spent money to build all this. That includes this train. So cool. Uh, production designer Rochus Gleese. I got to tell you, Mike, this is one of those films where you look up everybody's name and. You don't know anything that they've done, even though they've done a million things. You I think, yeah, that's interesting. Well, you you had a lot on this lead actor, which is fascinating, and and on her yeah. as well, and the director. I mean, those are probably the three people people remember. Okay, well, that's a great example. Like George O'Brien, I'm looking through it, and he did this film, he did that film, he did you know the finger up the nose in winter. Like you just all these films you never heard of. But then I find out his father was chief of police in San Francisco. And wow. he was the one who ordered the arrest of Fatty Arbuckle from that famous 1921. Yeah, uh, Victoria Rappé. Yes. yes. So it's like, that's the kind of fact I'm pulling out for the actor, because now we're in context, at least. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's the that kind of trivia is what kind of lingers. You know, you're not going to say, oh, my God, that's the guy with finger up my nose during the winter. <laughs> this is all a set that they made of the city the they spent. 200, built, I already told you. Yeah, so that trolley must have been, they must have built the track. Yep. No, 
They did. They did. They, this whole set we're seeing, it looks exterior. It's not. It's interior. You see the sun yeah. shining on the town. They did all this. Wow. All those extras, man. Why not it's... just go to a city? That's a good question. Why not? I guess it's just not a controlled environment. They knew this guy was an expressionist who had famous films like Nosferatu. And they said, all right, let's just, let's try him out. Let's make an expressionist film. We'll spend the money. They didn't shoot it in Toronto because Canada did not exist back then. That was not until 1948, right? Were they still under English rule? When was Canada? It was like, it was recent, like 2002 or something like that when they became a country? No. You mean they were a commonwealth? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. when did that maple leaf flag come about? Okay, now, the chasing is over because he's helping her across the street and sort of saving her and making her safe. So she's still not cool, but she's not going to run anymore. She's a country mouse, Carl, in the big city. She got on. She got on the train to run away, and the director's trying to show us a contrast from, like, the woman was like, come t kill your wife, come to the city and have fun with me. So now we're seeing, yeah, you can have fun in the city and you can even have fun with your wife. With your wife, you don't have to kill her. Right, you don't have to kill her. Controversial at the time. Now, this is a dining room, but the waiter waitress doesn't come around. You go into the shop, buy the things you like, and then look, he takes the seat for her. It shows that, okay, she's going to be cool, but she's still very scared. It's a very weird moment. I mean, he did try to kill her and then yes. followed her to the city. Yes, he did. He, he tried to kill her. Then he pursued her to say, don't be scared of me. But if someone's running after you, it's pretty scary. Would you guys like some cod herring or whatever we eat in the 20s? <laughs> Five cents. Well, it's like Danishes and stuff. It's like baked good. So, you were looking at a menu from 1920, though? It's weird. Like, what, what's weird about it? They would have, like, beans, or, I don't know, the sides would be, like, they'd have, like, shrimp cocktails, of course, for nickel, and, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, just just a little over-exuberance of stuff. Now, here, one more time, we'll see her softening, because he's like, okay, here's some food, and she's like, reluctantly takes it. It's like every step of the way, she's opening up a little more, being a little less scared of him. Come on, eat the Rice Krispie. Look how much he got. That's a lot of Rice Krispie bars. <laughs> Come on, try this. It hasn't even been invented yet. It's called a Rice Krispie. <laughs> it's with marshmallows. Oh, I've heard of marshmallows. Now look. You mean pig suey? eye contact. Yeah. And she's still like, the fuck is going on with you? Okay, I'll eat a I'll crack. Eat, I'll, I'll scared eat it. I won't eat all of it. I'll just eat snap and crackle. I'll and spare what pop. Is it? is it a, it's a cake? I guess, yeah. Fruitcake? Look at her crying. It's terrible. One yeah, star. this is horrible. <laughs> this was a terrible selection. There was no baking powder in it. It's uneven. He feels guilty. He never wanted to kill her. I mean, he said, okay, I'm going to try to do it, and he just couldn't do it. And now he's trying so hard. I'll have he's an affair. He's just guilt. Uh, like this, 1924, O'Brien received his first starring role in a drama called The Man Who Came Back with the English Actress. 
No, no, no. The man who came back. The man who right. came back. That's like, I never better. heard of that. I was thought the film was. I even got the title wrong. So I. You said what? Out. The man who came back with a British what? Uh, the man who came back, comma, with the English actress Dorothy McHale. That's See, a long I don't know movie. Her, I don't know. I don't know. I just wrote down an extremely popular leading man in films. With the advent of sound, O'Brien displayed a strong, con confident voice that remained a leading star of westerns and outdoor adventures. So, wow. the people in the actresses and the actors and actresses in this film did go into sound, but most of them did not. She's like, he's like, here's some flowers because I love you, and she's like. I'm trying to let you love me, but you tried to kill me. And he's like, here's my purse, and you could have a penny. Oh, my God. Crying in front of the flower lady? Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting Awkward. closer. We're getting closer. He's buying her flowers. She's loosening. Maybe they got to a flop house. Look, it's two nickels a night. Let's do it. But it's a single bed. No, we're I don't think it's a flop house. I think it's a... No, they're not at the church yet. They're going to see a, a wedding happening across the street, and they're going to go in there. And that's when it'll happen. He will completely soften, and she'll say to herself, all right, I guess he's not going to try to kill me. Ooh, look at that horse and carriage. That looks like fun. Spend all out that money on it. Do you think they'll show their breasts like they do in Surf 2? Remember they're no. driving in the car in the convertible in front of them? No. The girls, yeah. No, they won't. Now she's like, okay, maybe you're not going to, you know, like maybe I'll forgive you. It's the same of. shot. It's the same people going by. Oh? I think so. I saw the same carriage of ladies that I commented on. Oh, because I didn't notice that. I, 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 okay. Well, keep an eye when they show the city street again. What? Who's the first carriage that goes by? Now look, oh, the wedding. it's the wedding, and it's so nineteen twenties. Look at their I know, look at that dress and the little girls. Yeah, it's like let's go to see a wedding. It's okay. Back then, they threw bags of rice at the. Look couple. at that! It's the same. <laughs> no, it looked a little different, to be honest. Yeah, back then they used to throw the rice like still in the bag, but yeah. due to accidents and lawsuits, they switched. They had a. It was killing the brain. The brute, the brute force hitting the pigeons would kill them. In the bags. Hey, uh, are you taking this away? Yeah, <laughs> you taking this abroad uh, to beat a lawful with the wedding wife. Okay, so they sit down and watch. Now he is gonna break down and cry, and she's gonna be like, "Oh, he has a sensitive side." This was where wedding crashers got their idea. <laughs> Guys, remember Sunrise? Oh, a song of two humans? Yeah, but we don't go to the boring service. We go to the party! The party, oh. Great idea. Like we're crashing it? Exactly. Let's get John McClane involved. God is giving you in the holy bounds of matrimony a trust. She is young and experienced. Guide her and love her. It's um, Grand Moff Tarkin from uh, Star, <laughs> Star Wars. Trek. He was. I didn't realize this is what he did beforehand or afterwards. This is after the Star Wars. There was this open micer, and he's like, "We got Star Wars fans in here," and they were like, "Yeah." And he goes, "What's what's your favorite Star Trek Star Wars character?" And I go, 
Uh, well, I like that Spock. <laughs> I got a bigger laugh than. Yeah. Wilt thou oh. love her? Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. At least twice a day. So there you can see she's like, okay, okay. All right. I'll. I'll let you smell. Yeah, you can be my husband again. Or I'll. I don't know. She loosens up. Now, this guy directed 21 films, but only. I mean, only 12 remain. Eight of them are completely lost. One of them, they no. only have one reel of it. So he his legacy is a little... It was, it's cut in half. He's only got 12 films. Right. Was it was it because of, like, the way it was stored and disappeared? Or was yes. he one of those film directors that just was too outrageous? No, no. It's just because of, you know, this was the, the 20s. That's right. It just got old. Stuff got old. And they didn't know to preserve it. They didn't right. know things were going to go, you know. Now, the, these, this enormous, like, stylized set cost so much money to build that they, they reused it in a bunch of Fox films. Now, you see how the bells are going with the tower, you know, the sound. Right. Look, he's, she's kissing him now. Saying, come on, come out of your funk. Let's be friends. Oh, they're actually kissing. Yeah. So Bells now make me horny. They are rekindling their love, essentially. Oh, are they walking out? Yeah, like we are gonna throw the rice. <laughs> hey, kill Joy's not your wedding. Always has to be about you at these weddings. <laughs> They're not throwing any bags of rice at this couple. But, yeah, it's like the 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 wedding in which like one sexy girl is dancing out, you know, and the bride is like, "I want to be queen for a day. Don't be showing off." Wow, look at this special effect. Right, that's a blue well, uh, green screen. It is. What they did was exactly what you right. You see how it went in front? Yeah. They're making they're making it seem like they're so in love they don't even care about the traffic. Look what look at that. It's all yeah. because it's a projection screen in front of them, so they switched it. They're walking on a conveyor belt. I love it. I absolutely love it. This film critics loved it. It didn't do well. They really tried to make this film its its release a big big day. On opening night, they had <laughs> the world premiere. There were two shorts one was the Vatican choir singing, and the other was an interview with Mussolini. Wow. What a he double feature. Bad guy yet. Uh, it was all was it? trying to show the new sound system, this movie tone. So look, they're. We could hear them. We could hear them. The crowd noise is cool. Their blind love caused a uh, traffic jam. And that's supposed that, to be fun. That bearded open micer couldn't get to his set on time. <laughs> um, the Jazz Singer 1927 came out October 6th, and this came out September 23rd. Wow. Beating the Jazz Singer for this movie tone accompaniment. So it opened at the Times Square Theater September 23, 1927 in New York. Now, we, in the Buster Keaton story, there was a scene where he pulls up to a theater that's showing a new movie called The Jazz Singer. Right. So that and, must have been in October. Uh, yes. That must have been a, yeah. Yes. 
Well, I no. The thing is, the premiere was October. We don't oh. know when. You know, then it hit right theater. when it started playing the theater. The director didn't want her. She he wanted some woman named Camilla Horn, but uh, this German studio called UFA was like, no, no, we're not loaning her out to you. Why? Right. Why? What's in it for us? Screw off. So then she gets this, and she wins an Oscar. It was the first Oscars ever. Very nice. She does a good job. This film didn't w beat Wings, but it took away three awards in the first. Okay, Best Unique and Artistic Picture, which was the second highest award. Outstanding Picture went to Wings. Right. Best Actor then, in the Leading Role. Best Actor was Thomas uh, Hayden Church for his role in Wings, followed by Steven Weber. Wait, are you doing the sitcom? The sitcom. Um, Okay, she now Janet Gaynor won Best Actress in a Leading Role, but back then it was different. It wasn't for the movie; it was for the actress's work of the year. So she won it for two films. Um, this film, Seventh Heaven, and Street Angel, three films she was in, and she won Best Actress in a for her role year's worth. For How her cool is that? Yeah. They should have an award, like the Rick Moranis Award. The guy who's in six movies one summer. <laughs> yeah, Bill, yeah, Bruce Willis will walk away with that. Yeah, right. Bruce Willis will walk away with it. Um, they also... Um, it also won Best Cinematography, which makes sense. Now, there's this other thing I've heard of, but I don't know it very well. It's the Academy of Motor Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences. You've heard of that, right? Yeah, they have the museum around here. So they made, they gave them, uh, it won an award called Artistic Quality of Production, and that was the only year it was given out, and it was made to recognize this film. Artistic Quality of Production. Ooh. They're like, may we do your hair, ma'am? And she goes, no, it's a wig. No, don't touch my hair, I never... Oh, now, holy look, shit. Here's someone who represents Smoking. the girl from the city. Right? Yeah. Real and latex. She's, she's trying to make a buck off of doing a manicure. So look, it's it's jealous. It's a threat. This man no, does need a cure from his lust, and his wife is the cure. He's getting a manicure. He the barber's like whatever. I just want to put a uh, razor to this guy's neck. <laughs> I suspect that the barber is trying to telegraph he's gay, like the, the director. Uh -huh. So she's holding his hand, and he's like, hmm, I kind of like it, but. What was the last time you had a shave like this? Look at him, like, rolling his eyes over. I, I never in my life have had a shave in a barber's chair. I did. I actually, you know what, when I had my beard. I, no. I, Look, wait. This, she rejects her. And now the wife gets all happy. Oh. Carl, when I had this beard, I, I hated my beard. Not yeah. a beard guy. And I yeah. got to get rid of it. And I couldn't do it. I had to go get it shaved off. And, well, uh, you didn't trim it down and then? No, you know what? Look, I mean, I don't do anything with my hair. So when okay. I have a beard, I have to do nothing with both my hair and my beard. It's just too much effort. I just want to not deal with one thing. You now know? look at this dude. Yeah, Hachi Machi. Now, later in the film, we will see an act. Look, he's touching her. 
So we're seeing he is tempted and she is tempted, but of course she's never tempted. Right. She's like, fuck off. Oh, that's a hot towel. Yeah. Okay. When we were watching the kid brother, we saw that guy flash. His name was in real life is Eddie Boland. He will show up in this film. And I thought it was so neat. I don't think that's him though. Okay. It looks similar, but you'll when you see his face, you'll be like, "Oh, it's him from last film." Was all right. I'm looking forward. Was to last it. film right, or was no? We did um, Peter Sellers last time. Yeah, last uh, last week was uh, the Ghost of uh, Noon Noonday. Noonday Go- Wait, sun. sun. Terrible. Ghost title. in the. Now he's like, "Get back! Someone's threatening my wife." He goes, "Hey, you! Why don't you fuck off, J. Jonah Jameson?" Yeah. Why didn't you tell Robbie it's, uh, to stop the presses? Don't try to bang my wife. Don't tell a, don't go to a Times Square screen and reveal the secret identity of Peter of Spider Man. <laughs> Did you notice in that movie Spider Man where they they go to Times Square and there's a big monitor and it's J Jonah Jameson saying Peter Parker is Spider Man? How loud yeah. is that screen in Times Square to hear that? Look, he's taking a knife out. Right, it's absolutely loud. Uh oh! Who's taking the knife? He's gonna the city stab? Oh yeah! This is some busy barber shop. He's gonna take the flower. Is this meant to be New York City? Probably not. Yeah, he, that's right, Mike. That's right, and he will put it. Yeah, very good call, Mike. Boy, that guy was to shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> You can really see in this print the trickle. Parker, get in my office. You can't print that about Spider-Man. That's slander. It is not. Parker, do you have a photograph of anyone? There's a guy named Daredevil. Did you at least take a photo of Daredevil? (laughs) No, Chief, I took photos of Spider-Man all day, every day. Exclusively. Come again. Oh, they approve. Why do this title? Why do this title if he hates titles? Thank you. And you must come again and see us sometime. What is that? Down in the farm. Yeah, in the swamp. But all he did was get a shave. He didn't get his fucking hair as natty as shit. Oh, that doesn't happen every day. Shampoo. Look at you. You use something called water and soap. (laughs) I've heard of it. So now it's time for a photo. Now, back then, you're supposed to have like a serious expression, right? Because it takes like forever. Uh, n- no, that was true in the eight late 1800s. You had to sit still because it would expose for a long time. But by 1927, they had it. It was a much quicker um exposure. Uh, what is that called? The in the lens, it opens and closes. Aperture. Yeah. It. As a matter of fact, it's quick enough that he will catch them kissing. Oh, cute. Now, this is another actor who I have all this information about and who gives a fuck. Well, he was terrific in Finger in Your Nose during the winter. Yeah. He, yeah, he was in, right. You, well, that's a famous film we know, Nose and <laughs> Finger and Nose in Winter. But the rest of them, like he was, he was in Pork in the Butt in Spring and he was in... <laughs> Okay, now, try to be serious, and she's... So they're having fun. They're a loving, happy couple now. He definitely gives off Nicolas Cage vibes. 
I could see that. Now look, kiss. Because he's hiding. On, and look, he sees. Uh, camera obscurus? Oh, the Hayes office will get me for this photo. Yeah, he's gonna putting in a new print. Yeah, he can't hear it. And Fucking Edison, Edison, dirty old man. He go, what? What? You took a oh, photo? Oh, we were ready. We were just kissing. Is my wig straight? Is my uh, suit dirty enough? Boy, his teeth are horrific. He also plays saxophone, Carl. Yes, it hangs on the wall for every moment he wants to. Hey, photography's that's a side hustle. I play banjo and uh, wall saxophone. I <laughs> wall saxophone. So now what she's doing is she's sort of being inappropriate. She's like sitting on his couch and having his grapes. She didn't have he didn't have per, she didn't have permission for that. Right. So he's she like, really, "No." 